Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast number 65. Well, this is another Friday, and it is time to take a question from one of our listeners. The question is from 2 Kings chapter 13 and verse 14. The listener says, how is that possible? That is what 2 Kings chapter 13 and verse 14 says. How is this possible? Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. And then in verse 20 it says, And Elisha died. Question is, how is it that a man of God with a double portion of Elijah's spirit would get sick and die? Well, the answer is not that hard. The reality is we are all under the curse of sin. And only Elisha's mentor, the one that he served, Elijah, and a man by the name of Enoch in the book of Genesis, were the only two that passed from this life to the next without going through physical death. The Bible says, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. We read about Elijah the prophet going up in a fiery chariot, and there was Elisha witnessing the whole thing. And so both of those men did not taste death, but everyone else has died, even the Lord Jesus himself. And the reason for that is Jesus paid the penalty for our sins. He never sinned, but everyone else did. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, the Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 5 and verse 12, that by one man, one man, not one woman, but one man, Adam, sin entered the human race and death by sin. That's why everything dies. That's why not just humanity dies, but also the entire universe. You see, the curse was not just on man. It was on the earth and the universe. The scripture says all of creation... In the book of Romans, all creation now groans and moans until the day of redemption when God will make a new heaven and a new earth. But it doesn't matter how godly you are or how many times God heals you in this life. We're all going to die. It's appointed unto men once to die. And yes, godly people get sick. And throughout the scriptures, we see the scripture is replete with men and women of God who were sick. The Apostle Paul is a perfect example of that. God used Paul on many occasions to pray for people, to heal people. God healed many through the Apostle Paul, yet the Apostle Paul had some kind of malady that he could never get over. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he calls it a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. That is some kind of affliction that he had. Some would say, well, it was a demon that hounded him all the days of his life. Well, that's not the flesh that he's talking about. The plain sense of what he's saying is that he was given a physical malady. This is why 
I believe he picked up Luke at ancient uh, Troy, ancient Troas, and Luke followed him the rest of his days. Why? Because he needed a physician. I personally believe it was an eye disease and an affliction that he contracted more than likely due to his great vision of the burning brightness of the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. We know that it blinded him and uh, he could not see and he had to have someone come in and pray for him even to receive his sight. The reason I also think that is because the Bible says that the people so loved him, Paul said, you would have given me your very eyes if you could have. You loved me so much. Well, why would he say that unless he had a problem with his eyes? You're not going to get a new hand unless you've got a bad hand. You're not going to get new eyes until you have bad eyes. And then you people would say, oh, I wish I could give you my eyes. But that's the case. And yet in the book of Galatians, he ends that letter with this. You see how large a letter I have written to you. Well, he's not talking about a long letter. He's talking about he's writing with his own hand these large block letters in the Greek language because it was the symbol uh, and the signature that he wrote with. Why would he write such large schoolboy letters? I'll tell you why he couldn't see well. And I believe it was his infirmity for the rest of his days. He had that. Now, that's what Tony thinks. That's not what the Bible says. I'm basing that not on my own wisdom, but on the wisdom that I see and the story line of the scriptures that Paul had a physical malady. Well, if Paul, if he just needed more faith, are you saying Paul didn't have enough faith to be healed? I beg to differ with you. No, it's not always God's will to heal in this life. If that's the case, why didn't Paul heal Trophimus? He said, Trophimus, have I left at Miletus sick? He left Trophimus with the elders at Miletus. If Paul was this great healer and all it took was faith, why didn't he heal Trophimus? I'll tell you why. Because sometimes it's not God's will that everybody be healed. Not in this life, sometimes in the life to come. Why didn't Paul heal Timothy? He said, Timothy, you've got a stomach a malady. You've got a stomach affliction and you need to drink some wine. The water where you are is not good and not healthy. You need to drink something. Mix that in with wine, which will be an antiseptic to your stomach. And so there's many places in the scripture where God doesn't heal people. Well, does that mean that God doesn't want to do it? No, it's just sometimes it's not his will. It's not best for the person to be healed. In Paul's instance, Paul could have been lifted up. That's what the scripture says, lest he be lifted up with pride. What does that mean? Paul may have had a tendency toward pride and God knows all about us and he knows what's best for us. And sometimes an affliction is good. Doesn't mean you don't have enough faith. It just means that sometimes it's not God's will to heal someone directly. And when God does heal someone, that doesn't mean that he does it right there, Johnny on the spot. One of the words for healing in the New Testament is the Greek word therapuo, where we get our word therapy. You see, sometimes God uses means. Oftentimes people will say, well, you know, I'm not going to take medicine. I'm asking God to heal me. And pastor, what do you do when you get a headache? Do you pray or take medicine? I say, I usually pray while I'm headed to the medicine cabinet to get an aspirin or something to help me. 
point. You see, there's nothing wrong with taking medicine. That's just part of Therapeuo. Now, let me just say parenthetically that we have a real double and sometimes triple standard when it comes to medicine. And I have dealt for now decades people who have chemical imbalances and they need to take medicine to stay emotionally balanced or mentally balanced. There's nothing wrong with that. We've stigmatized that. God help us. If someone is has a chemical imbalance and they don't have enough, their body, their pancreas is not making enough insulin and they have to take three shots a day or take one shot a day or they just have to take medicine. Nobody says, can you believe it? They're hooked on insulin. I just, boy, I wish they could be freed from that. Now, that would just be silly to say that. But yet, when someone has to take some kind of chemical, thank God that we have those to keep us balanced mentally and emotionally. It's amazing how that's stigmatized. Now, I know things can be abused, but so can our body and medicines in every realm. You see, we've got to get off of this thing of stigmatizing and marking people who have emotional and physical and mental illnesses because it's all an illness, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical or um, whether it is mental. We've just got to get off of this and we need to let God use medicines in people's lives to do what needs to be done. We also need to take care of ourselves. There was a day in decades and centuries past where a physician was primarily a teacher. That's why they called them a doctor, because they were a teacher. They weren't medicine dispensers. They taught health and healthy living and to use the body and the elements that God has put us around us for healing. And that's exactly what happened in the Bible. Many of you who are listening to this, have read of good King Hezekiah. Well, do you know he got sick and God healed him through a fig poultice? In 2 Kings chapter 20, it says in those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. Now, other than David, he was the godliest king that lived in the Judean dynasty. And Isaiah, the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said uh, unto him, thus says the Lord, set your house in order for you shall die and not live. Now, that's a, a message that no prophet wants to deliver. Then he turned his face, that is, Hezekiah, toward the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember now, O Lord, I pray how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart, with a whole heart, and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Basically, why he says, God, I don't want to die. I don't think it's time for me to die. And he was just talking with God. You see, you can do that. God hears that. And then it happened before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court, the king's house, that is, of the courtyard, that the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. And I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. Now listen to verse 7. It's amazing. Then Isaiah said, take a lump of figs. So they took a lump of figs and they laid it on the boil. In other words, they made a poultice of some kind and he recovered. Now, did God have to use a lump of figs? Absolutely not. God could have just said done and it's done. But he did that for our sake and for Hezekiah's sake and for Isaiah's sake. 
God doesn't have to do anything. He's God. But the reason he did that is to show us sometimes he uses therapeuo. He uses medicinal therapeuo. He uses physical therapeuo. Sometimes he uses occupational therapeuo. You see, God is not going to be put in the box. Now, for those of you who think God has to do it one way and you're trying to put God in a box, let me just say something to you. You're not going to put God in a box. The one you try to put God in a box, he'll jump out every time. You see, God makes the boxes. And so what we need to do is go back to the scripture and quit listening to so many people on TV that think they know more than God and on radio and YouTube that think they know more than God and just get back to the scriptures. It's not always God's will to heal people on this side of eternity. But everyone who is saved, who is walking with God, those who know God will all be healed one day. And when God answers prayer, sometimes for healing, it's not on this side, it's on the other side. Well, I pray this helps you in answering that question. Do the godly, even those who have a double portion of God's spirit, get sick and die? The answer is yes, because it's appointed unto men once to die. And after that, there is the judgment. For On The Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.